0: Attention listeners, ahead are spoilers. Alright, hello and welcome to the movie trap. Uh, my name is Russell Carlson, and with me, as always, is my friend and partner, Chris Morph.
1: I am not in Hat Cat on a Hot Tin Roof.
0: And also joining me is my other friend and co-host, Zach Powers.
2: Uh, I forgot we were supposed to do this. Uh, you're, you're weak, son. Not like that. Ben, quick.
0: <laughs> Bond bonus <laughs> is about the worst thing a man could be. Oh, boy. Welcome to the Movie Trap. Uh, on the Movie Trap, one of the three hosts you just met picks a theme, and then each of us picks a movie based on that theme. After we've watched all three movies, we then vote with an allocated amount of points, plus some bonus points along the way. And then whoever's movie wins the vote, that host gets to pick the next theme. However, it is that time of year for longtime fans who know we are getting towards the spooky season. So we are once again going to uh, have the, 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 we're gonna do the vote for this theme, but then we're gonna do our, our Halloween game afterwards. And that will be the next set of episodes that are upcoming. Uh, And I will explain more about that uh, in a little bit. But uh, for right now, we've got business to handle. So, uh, previously on the movie trap, when you last left us, we were in the middle, uh, we are doing Zach Powers scenes of hot summer, heat wave, dog days of summer kind of theme um, with uh, his film of wet, hot American summer. And then Chris Boreff shows high school favorite Dazed and Confused and i decided to crib off of Zach's movie in a different way that or if didn't and just choose a title of a movie i've seen before and that is 1958's the long hot summer and that is where we are today so welcome um anyone who knows me i'm a big fan of paul newman but uh yeah i've got thoughts about this movie but before we get into what this uh meaty melodrama is all about. Let's get a little rundown of the points for the folks at home. Uh, as of right now, Chris Boroff, you have one bonus point with 12 points for final voting. Uh, I have two bonus points with 11 points for final voting. And Zach Powers, you have one point uh, to give out as a bonus point. And I have... And you have 12 points for final voting. Uh, okay, so let's... Uh, Let's go start digging some trenches for some buried treasure that doesn't exist and um, get into the summary of The Long Hot Summer.
2: Uh, Yeah, The Long Hot Summer is a 1958 drama slash semi-melodrama film uh, directed by Martin Ritt. Uh, screenplay by Irving Ravitch and Harriet Frank, Jr. It should be noted this is heavily inspired by William Faulkner. Uh, in fact, a number of his works inspired this. Uh, Spotted Horses, Barn Burning, The Hamlet. Um, and indeed, uh, several of the characters were inspired by Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, the film adaptation of Which, uh, which also starred Paul Newman, came out five months later. Um, mm-hmm and is much more well-remembered, if I do say so myself. Uh, In fact, even the poster has the tagline, the people of Faulkner, the language of Faulkner, the world of Faulkner.
0: (laughs) Oh my God.
1: Faulkner is like a weird Southern writer, right? That's like the big thing with him, like what Homeward Angel? Mostly remembered
2: as a playwright uh okay. cat on a hot tin roof Streetcar named desire well that's williams, williams did williams yeah. did cat on a hot tin roof and uh faulkner was more of a novelist i want to say uh yeah so faulkner definitely uh had had a he did as i lay dying in the sound of the fury and things like that
0: mm-hmm. yeah barton fink that's who john maloney's character is kind of based off as, as the well.
2: drunkard yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: explains a lot about this anyway yes. so, yeah yeah, long, long, long. whereas
2: whereas i think that uh i don't know that's a different movie barton fink is based on a different famous playwright but oh, okay. uh anyways uh this film stars paul newman uh joanna woodward uh orson wells uh anthony francisco? francisco i don't know how to pronounce this actor's name he, uh, he was in a
1: bunch of stuff later, including like some Dario Argento movies, which means his career probably took kind of a turn.
2: Uh, anyways, it tells the story of young Ben Quick, uh, a sort of vagabond character who, uh, after losing his reputation after a trial for barn burning, uh, drives up and blows out of town to a new place where uh, he uh, eventually finds a... Uh, uh, some uh affordable housing uh at the uh varner estate uh the varners are a a family um clara and jody brother and sister and jody's uh wife eula live on a palatial estate uh their father will is uh away at the moment um but eventually uh jody agrees to let ben become a sharecropper on the farm he agrees uh to let him uh stay in the old rundown shack out back at a pit and, at a at a poor rate for um for ben quick um and eventually uh uh he doesn't and clara is sort of suspicious and disdainful of ben though she herself is uh Lacking in romantic prospects, as, as she laments sort of with her, her friend. She's also not super interested, it seems, in yeah. uh, settling down and getting married at this point in her, her life. Uh, there is a fella that she uh, has been seeing off and on for a while named Alan Stewart. But he is mostly defined as being a mama's boy um, and sexually non-threatening. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so, I, I,
1: I kind of wondered if there was... The we, we could talk about it later, but I have a feeling that he was subtly coded um, to possibly yes, not be Yes, I suspect lady. he was as well. But they used it, yeah. I, I suspect that as well. Yeah. They used the excuse of the mom to kind of get around uh, it. Uh, so eventually, Will, uh, the
2: father, played by uh, Orson Welles, uh, is, returns to the farm, and is angry at Jody uh, for allowing a known barn burner to take up residence on his land. Uh, He runs out to see Jody and take care of the matter, but seems to be sort of taken by Jody's demeanor and wit and that, and sort of makes him a deal that he'd be, he'd allow him to do some work for him uh, and, you know, sort of starts a burgeoning relationship between will and uh ben quick who yeah will seems to be taken with his his energy and his his spirit and all these kind of things simultaneously uh uh he is uh will the father is uh uh has a longtime mistress played by angela lansbury named minnie little john who is determined to marry him though. He is sort of against the idea, uh, feeling he is too old to go back into a romantic relationship. Um, well, a committed at, one at least. Yes. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. No problem with the <laughs> romance. Right. Right.
2: Um, Jody is annoyed that Ben is slowly worming his way into the family business, working at the store, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, uh, after Ben successfully sells off some bad horses for Will uh, at a great profit. Um, and uh, and he is invited to dinner with the family, uh, at which point Will uh, kind of goes off on each and every one of his family members before spending the night uh, drunkenly playing gay- card games with Ben, uh, who clearly he is starting to see as maybe almost like a sort of surrogate son or something like that uh it's revealed that eventually uh will's main goal in life is to have his bloodline continued he doesn't want his bloodline to die out and he worries that alan will never um will never actually seal the deal with clara because again this man is coded as gay as a quote mama's boy is what the the phrase they constantly use but she's like, you've never told me you loved me, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's all these kind of things. Um, uh, eventually, uh, the relationship between Clara and Ben becomes, uh, even more sort of fraught, uh, especially after she learns, uh, of her father's plans for her to end up with Ben instead of with Alan by his devices, instead of her own choice um and the fact that ben is kind of going along with it a little bit he's kind of like yeah i can make a fortune if i just marry into this rich family um so eventually uh as these problems ben moves into the mansion proper and things are increasingly becoming problematic jody feels like his father has no appreciation for him whatsoever and his father basically tells him that he's always been kind of a fuck up more or less
0: uh his father says you're right i I don't think much of you
2: yeah exactly (laughs) at some kind of weird fair uh ben buys a date with clara at an exorbitant price
0: right Um, oklahoma it's the same deal
2: right uh they walk out and have a picnic together uh again their relationship is conflicted and she leaves as quickly as possible alan sort of semi-interrupts but as they are leaving uh she uh, uh asks alan uh what what he intends to do and like are they going to get married or not and he basically says i don't really have any interest in that i love you as a person but no i'm not i'm not interested in marrying you and uh so she breaks it off with alan and uh heads back to the barn Uh, where she finds her father, who uh, mistakenly believes briefly that she is now intending to marry Alan because she says she has, like, news about him and there's a misunderstanding. But he finds out the next day that, in fact, that is not the case, when he goes to visit Alan to congratulate him, that indeed they've broken it off. Also at the the fair, um, after the date with Clara, Jody, frustrated and at his wits' end about Ben sort of supplanting him as the favorite son, pulls a gun on Ben with the intention to kill him. But Ben uh, worms his way out of it by telling uh, Jody about this old, broken-down mansion that uh, Will had earlier given him as a gift. It was seemingly worthless. But there's a legend that there's gold buried there. And he convinces Jody to go back to the mansion and dig for a while. And they dig and they find bags of money. And Jody thinks this is his big break to get out from his other under his father's thumb financially, make a man of himself, blah, blah, blah. But later that night, Will comes by and says, what are you doing? And he says, I've got all these coins I'm gonna find and sell off. And uh, his dad is like, some of these coins were minted in 1910. They are not from the Civil War. Uh, and Jody realizes he has been deceived. <laughs> Um the <laughs> next the Seems like something
1: you would check pretty quickly. <laughs>
2: right? Yeah, but uh, I guess Jody's not
1: very smart. That's
0: mm-hmm. uh
2: uh Jody, uh having again kind of gotten even further down uh the rabbit hole uh the next day, attempts to set fire to the farm, uh, the barn after locking his father in. Um but eventually relents and opens the door before his father can suffocate and or burn to death. Uh, They reconcile, but uh, the townspeople, seeing the smoke in the distance, think that Ben, who has taken up residence there, is indeed the barn burner he had been accused of being, and form a lob, uh, a mob, I'm sorry, to uh, come together and, uh, you know, presumably kill him. Uh, Clara pulls him out of town just in the nick of time to, to avoid the mob from, from catching her. Um, and when the mob arrives at the house, uh, Will says that it was his fault that he accidentally dropped his cigar and started the fire his own damn self. Um, uh, ben says that his father was an actual barn burner, um, uh, and ran away when he was a young man. And that he has trauma from his past blah 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 uh and he's about to leave when clara says that indeed after all she is in love with him uh and will decides to get together with minnie and everyone is happy and coupled off and jody is reconciled with his father and it's happy
1: and that's the end of the movie
0: yep yeah everything works out nobody really learn anything
1: this film does have an open that i thought was great like that was something that when i saw this movie the opening two scenes made me think i was in for a real ride and yeah. then it immediately stopped because it was like such a nice tight like uh introduced nothing a,
0: worse than a barn burner.
1: <laughs> yeah it was like you see a barn on fire you see the guy being accused right. of the barn being on fire and then you see him leave town and then the you know the title starts and the it's song, like oh yeah, great yeah um yeah he has some quippy
2: line at the end of the trial where he like doesn't even defend himself and he they say you can leave town or die and he's just like all right or something like that
0: yeah off i go yeah Yeah. um yeah yeah um it's a shame too because uh, in a way this movie is kind of interesting because like everybody in this movie uh has been in better things almost either before this movie or after this movie like immediately um zach mentioned cat on a hot tin roof but i mean paul newman didn't even really take off take off until 60 you know hustler and hud and that kind of movie and stuff um really the the documentary that just came out on hbo they they credit a lot in paul newman in since once jim james dean died that all of a sudden like all the roles weren't just being taken by james dean and then paul newman kind of swooped in and this we have paul newman because joanne woodward has already done three faces of eve and won the oscar for it and everything
2: sure uh, yeah I, I, obviously uh between angela linsbury paul newman joanne woodward and orson wells it's a pretty stacked cast lee, Remick
0: too. lee remick's no yeah much either days of wine mm-hmm. and roses you know um, yeah and, and uh even I'm, even uh anthony french with Francisca, i think i don't know i don't know how to pronounce his damn name but even he's been in a couple things that are the least interesting i know he was married to um i think angela martin um who was in that one night jack movies brando brando's fucking movie. uh, i don't know
1: i i liked angela lansbury in this i wish i wish for more angela lansbury me yeah me
0: too me too uh, uh it, it, like like the the that era of Lansbury, you know, even whether it's like Gaslight or even like Manchurian candidate, she's so good and like not yeah. for nothing, kind of a babe too. Like she's a good yeah. looking lady, you know. Well, if um, you,
1: if the, her first movie, I think, was The Portrait of Dorian Gray. And I always oh, remember really? going back and seeing that because like there was some like vague family relation that I was in that movie. Um, but. Anyway, Angela Lansbury's in that. I think it's like a 19-year-old. And it's just very funny to see like a 19-year-old Angela Lansbury running around being charming and very young. And, you know, uh, you know her from like Murder, She Wrote. And that's kind of how I remembered her. It was just funny seeing her in a completely different context. So it, for me, this was a lot of fun. It was like, you know, her around the Bedknobs and Broomstick era, but not doing yeah. the Cockney silly accent. She was yeah. just acting. Yeah, uh, She's pretty yeah. good.
2: Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. It- it's worth noting uh this director um martin, martin ritt. ritt uh has made some other movies some of which i have heard uh, good things about i don't think i've ever seen any of his other films but uh the oh, jean le carre spy the who spy came, came in from, from, the, from the cold, cold adaptation and hud uh, and like, yeah he no, was this Andre. was his first movie after being blacklisted um, oh. and it kind of brought his career back after after being uh, blacklisted for being associated with communist publications and <laughs> communist causes. Got well, up
1: okay. the yeah, I'm glad, that, uh, glad they let him back in. Um, it had to be a did... movie. That... Yeah, we didn't mention <laughs> that this is kind of a hodgepodge, right? Like the script is a hodgepodge of different Faulkner stories? Yeah. He mentioned that at the uh, beginning. And yeah, 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 yeah. F-
2: yeah. Faulkner, and there's obviously some Tennessee Williams in there. This uh, well, struck me as poor man's cat on a hot tin roof. That's well, how I described when I well, didn't watch it with yeah. me, but that's how I described it too.
1: I mean, it feels to me almost like a fan film version of Cat on a Hudson Roof, but when I looked at it just from Wikipedia, because I was like, I gotta know why this Faulkner story ends with so many happy endings, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Right. Evidently it's counterintuitive. Right.
1: Yeah, well it's based off like the Hamlet, Barn Burning, and Spotted Horses. Like okay. they just like took all those stories, decided to make them one movie and took a minor character from one, which was Ben Quick, and turned him into the main character of the whole thing and made it about the uh, the family, like, reconciling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof is a lot more fun just because everyone's constantly Indeed. talking about sex. And that's... <laughs> there's something to that. It's more interesting <laughs> I to hear was, that I than to hear long-winded close. things about I, it was, it inheritance was lines
0: it was, it was yeah, between yeah. those two movies of cat on a hot tin roof and this movie and uh, when i was thinking of my theme zach mentioned Cat on a hit tin roof so i went with long hot summer because uh, well, i'm a dick
2: and and obviously cat on a hot tin roof this is written by screenwriters inspired by william faulkner who i've never heard of that was actually a william faulkner play or not you know tennessee, tennessee williams, williams play who uh i i dare say is probably pretty good at writing plays uh is remembered.
0: actors liked working with him and he worked well with actors especially yeah. where newman and woodward came up from in the actor studio in new york not orson wells you'll notice yeah. um but, uh, orson wells was from a different school of thought let's say um this he,
2: feels uh, much more i think canon hudson roof takes place over the course of a night or maybe two um this is much more drawn out the storyline is melodramatic some of the uh, beats are like sitcom storylines almost. Mm. Um, the chasing uh, the horses is pretty fun. Yeah, like the the nuggets of the character. Okay, have you ever? Some I know Russell has. I don't know if Chris has um seen the FX series Fargo. Um, I've seen
1: some of the seasons. I didn't get all the way through it.
2: So the first season of Fargo, in particular, has a lot of characters who are like mixtures of characters from. The movie Correct. like they have like pieces kind of mixed together they're primarily one character but they have aspects of the other character mixed in that's what this feels like with cat on a hot tin roof hmm. um they have the gay son but he's also not the stud and the like yeah. sickly boy mm-hmm. and that's kind of a different character and you have the f- stern rich southern father there and he's but he's a little hey, more daddy. sympathetic here mm-hmm. he's a little more kindly like it seems like they sort of Fargo, FX fargo the characters from Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and yeah. made this like sort of
1: semi-version I'm of actually surprised you say that. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch Cat on a Hot Tin Roof because for some reason I remembered Big Daddy being friendlier than Orson Welles Orson, was in this. I, I like think Orson, Orson Welles in buddy. this was like him yelling at his family constantly, uh-huh. but I need yeah. to go see it yeah. again. Uh, he I treats,
2: don't... I mean, I'm mostly thinking about how he treats Buck, which is not
1: good because... He hates that Buck is a closeted gay man. Mm, mm, I need yeah. to see that movie. I need to. I need to rewatch that. I'll put it that way. I need to rewatch it. I don't remember the character of Buck too clearly. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, Paul Newman's. Kind of a, that's Paul Newman's
0: burgeoning, character. character, burgeoning career for for Newman. Oh, like, again, he 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 was for some, some reason. White.
1: I completely blanked yeah. that Buck He's was a considered a gay character in. Well, they don't Canada outright say it, they the don't know how to say it because it's the fifties. Yeah. But gotcha.
0: I mean, if you have I'm gonna a brain have to watch it,
1: I'm going to have to watch it now.
0: I'm going to have to watch yeah. it. Um Yeah. And that's why I, I, but I mean, even with going back to the director, Martin Ritz, I mean, even the movie he does after this with Paul Newman, HUD is 10 times better than this movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie, but that's one of Paul Newman's best movies. I mean, that movie rocks. I love that movie. Um, And that's where a character where he plays a bastard. I mean, he is a, he's a monster. Basically, that's what Paul Newman is playing in HUD. Um, and and again, this is where the Ben Quick is not really a monster. It's not really a con man. You know, he's he's more or less just sort of like looking for an easy buck. You know, I don't know. Like there's, yeah. there's there's no real. Everyone's everyone's got these backstories. You know, with with Will. You know, Will Varner with his dead wife, and you know, Clara kind of always. You know, not really being interested or or not being interested in any of the men around town because it's a small town and that's the whole Faulkner vibe I guess um and and then there's the the one thing the one the one uh character dynamic that has consequences in the movie that is understandable is Jody Um uh, not just because of relationship with his father but he feels very inferior to his wife uh Lee Remick who's played by Eula who's Always ogled and hassled about how good she looks. She's kind of a wild woman. She's the anti Clara, right? She's this what you would think of like a young, beautiful southern debutante sort of thing. And Clara's a school teacher, so she's very austere, her hair's always back, you know, she's she's a they're they're mirror opposites of one another. And I think that Jody's a little intimidated by the attention that Eula gets. And so that's and, and that's that's shown in the movie. That's he's he had the only character dynamic that I felt had teeth to it and yeah. it was worth the journey. Yeah, he's Except consistently for him letting the dad out. That that I don't buy. I think that yeah, that's bullshit. It, yeah, that, he that, was consistently that's fifties like, guys, yeah. we can't have a sad ending in a Hollywood movie. Everything yeah. they never, they'll, they'll never come back again.
1: Yeah, that is kind of silly. I didn't like that because it seemed like it would have been a more interesting character arc if the guy had gone through the whole movie being like low key cuckolded by the town and then he kills his dad. Like that would have been uh, maybe not a like a direct thing you could diagram as far as character motivation, but it would have been a choice that definitely led sure. us somewhere. Because uh, yeah. this, like, everyone just gets what they want, and it's yeah, like that's right. Everything just all works out. It's like, ah, oh, man, it's rough. Yeah, everybody it's like, just
2: remembers um, at the end. Oh
1: yeah, we're rich. It's that's fine. Yeah. That's right. Yeah,
0: um, right. We're rich. We're white. It's the fifties. What's the problem?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I would I would have wanted something bad to happen that had consequences and just lasted the whole movie, and it yeah. just that doesn't yeah. happen.
2: I want to say like, uh, this movie is. Uh, I think I watched it about a week ago, so like this is one of the ones where we had to postpone. And it's also not a good one for like a week ago watch in some ways, because Mm. it's not one that sticks with me as well as some of the other Mm. flicks we've watched. Uh, I don't, I want to clarify that I don't think this was like um, painful to watch. No. Uh, It was fine. Uh, The
0: dialogue is charming. Like, yeah, like what they say is charming and stuff.
2: It's stagey, but it's like um, it is very even though for a movie that's not based on a stage play directly at all, it is very like stagey. But, you know, there's like fun little like the vignettes aren't always boring or bad, like him selling off the wild horses and the people having to chase him down for the the rest of the night. They hear the the people running around trying to catch these horses he sold off. It's It's kind of a fun little joke.
1: It's also they got fun things they did with the timing of those scenes. Like if I remember correctly, the horse trading scene is happening at the same time and being cut against the Angela Lansbury scene where she's making a pretty much a horse trading style agreement with i'm gonna call him big daddy because it's it, the character's name is meaningless to me fair enough yeah uh, big daddy she's making a deal with it's, big daddy it's big orson
0: too. it's so. big
1: orson they're trying to like get married it's just funny because it's horse trading and horse trading at the same time um mm-hmm. so i thought that was if anything Problem just unique
0: timing yeah. yeah sure yeah, yeah like no I, I might let me i i'm kind of with you zach Then i i don't want to come off as i like loathe this film like it's fine it, it was it, it, what i hated was the ending uh, that's what i hated where i felt like well we really didn't need to go through any of that did we like everyone, well all done no problems everybody's happy we all got what we wanted there's no no real skin in the game there really wasn't a purpose for you to sit through it but thanks for joining um you know so like i i don't know i it, again considering the caliber of talent in this movie from director to cast um even faulkner uh you would think it'd be well, better Faulkner than this, was is all I'm saying just, you just not think it'd be better directly
1: involved in anything. sure
0: but still the source material again you just you would think it'd be better than what it was is all my point considering I, I, what it I, I'll,
1: I agree with you I would say that this movie is whelming it's not over it's not <laughs> under it is just whelming it is fine
0: alright I'm giving um, you a point for that one <laughs> <should
1: go>. yeah <laughs>
2: The, um, uh, they did have a, a special song made for- um, Yeah,
0: thank you for bringing that movie. up, which I think is- Which was um, fun
2: when, when the movie started and it said, The Long Hot Summer on Scream, and then a voice went, The long hot I summer. Know, I
0: know, See, that's why um, I, I wanted to say, like, sometimes a song is great, and then sometimes it's this song, <laughs> you know? And, and that's what, like, I reminded, like, because I'd seen this movie before, so when I watched it again uh, for the podcast- I was like, oh, right, song, you know, and I immediately thought of The Long Goodbye. Now it all kind of makes a little more sense to me the purpose of that kind of metatextual joke in The Long Goodbye. Uh, for long time listeners, know we watched that movie a while ago. Um, so that's what I thought of. But boy, when a song doesn't work, it really, like, you're this, it's tough to get, yeah, through having to hear the same. And that's the, the notes of The Long yeah. Hot Summer.
1: Let me, and let me it. ask. Let me ask you a question, Carlson. You've said The Apartment is one of your favorite films, right?
0: The Apartment? Not one of my favorites. That's one of Richard's favorites. But I love uh, that movie. It's well,
1: I mean, really you, both have, you both have the same face, so I'm going to assume sure. that it's your fair favorite. Enough. Um, fair. <laughs> um, fair. The reason I bring it up is, uh, what did you think of the cinematography on that movie?
0: On The Apartment or a Long Hot Summer? Uh,
1: the Apartment.
0: Okay, Uh I mean, it's it, fine. Again, it's been since college since I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's okay, like, yeah. but it's just
1: fine. Because uh, on this one, that was one of the things that jumped out at me. I'm not sure if it was the transfer I was looking at that had an issue, but there's a lot of scenes in which it just looks like they way underexposed the film and then boosted in it later in the uh, uh, processing. Processing. Because it had a lot of grain in it, and I was just like, "Oh, that's mm-hmm. odd," and I was just wondering. Because he also did the apartment, and I was like,
0: "Hmm." Oh, I wa- huh, I just looked at the guys.
1: I looked at the guy's career. He has like a whole rap sheet that's a mile long, but most of them are nothing I've ever heard of, other than the apartment. So that's why that's I was interesting.
0: like, mm. uh, "No." I mean, if anything, uh, even for uh, director Martin Ritt, like it's a pretty colorful film because, like, he later on in his days, like, like the. His movies he's more well known for like hud or or because bio came with the cold they're very bleak very like you know black and white and stark and this one's mm-hmm. very rich and sort of homey and you know like you just want to sit back and have a mint julep mm-hmm. that kind of shit um so yeah that's that is interesting though because i didn't i didn't notice necessarily something kind of grainy uh i just noticed that everybody was kind of dirty all the time it's all the men yeah. i mean there's always a, a smudge of dirt somewhere on
1: well i think this one might because it has that classic technicolor look this could be possibly one of the like a three strip or a four strip process because it looks yeah you
0: gotta think because this was like supposed to be like a prestige film right so they probably threw everything in the kitchen sink at it
1: yeah it's just interesting because it's always that time period like those specific colors like they've done a lot of work to like cheat those and like the aviator and stuff like that but it never looks quite right when you go back to it's, these classic yeah. movies it always has like a really nice richness and tonality and the skin tones are the thing that always jumps out they're always like fairly tan and nice for white people well, for nice black people act- it tends to be right, over yeah. overly dark but anyway
0: indeed and and also i mean they did shoot this on location well they shot it in baton rouge not in mississippi but they shot it you know they didn't shoot it in hollywood um which is why orson wells hated this film um not just because of having to deal with what he called mumbling new york actors of the 50s and 60s but uh because it was definitely hot and he weighed a lot and he had to wear a plastic nose it was miserable uh and orson wells is not a man to suffer lightly you know so uh, even angela lansbury apparently says like he's great to work with but yeah he could be a bastard
2: his performance wise he's solid in this film as pretty much everybody uh pretty much everybody is I think that uh, the chemistry between Newman and Woodward is pretty, you know,
0: obvious, palpable. Yeah, <laughs> like,
2: right. and I, I, you know, there's. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Like, I think this is a a thing recently, but like, strong, like, real, like, sexual chemistry and. Sec- I don't know how much sexuality is like maybe the wrong word for this film, but I think the chemistry mm. is strong. I don't know, like. i I think that the the it's it's becoming less there's like even a weird sort of uh puritanical debate about the role of that in film that has like trickled on and off through the social media i don't know if you guys have seen that shit but you know no one of the main criticisms of i've seen of for instance like the marvel movies uh and one that my girlfriend happens to very much share is that like there is no romantic chemistry, even in the movies where you're supposed to be like, Zendaya and Tom Holland are together. It's like, there's zero, 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 yeah. luster spark or romance. It's like very perfunctory.
1: I don't know, uh, it's like, aspect of she kind of
0: corrects that a bit. But. It's yeah.
1: funny that you guys are saying that because on this one, I didn't feel like there was any chemistry until abruptly the scene is like, okay, they're supposed to be in a relationship now. Um, Like all the scenes, cause he's just a dick. And I'm like, nah, no, don't date him. He's a bad dude. He's like, he's burning down barns. Oh, like, I don't, Yeah, your, your big daddy has gone a little off but the just rails. You
2: could have chemistry with somebody who's a dick. Like, oh, yeah. you could be, like, he, reluctantly into on, somebody dude. who's
0: an when, asshole. As for Hall me, Newman it just, it didn't play. Out with his fucking shirt out and she's mm-hmm. laying in bed. You don't tell me that that's not, like, those two were, like, and again, they were, this they were having a long time affair joanne woodward and paul newman before they got married Mm. and they got married right after this movie as i I think so i mean they were they as according to the documentary that i watched they were hot for one another so like that was that happened quite a bit so would not shock me that like you just pick up on the sexual chemistry between the two
1: yeah i guess it also wouldn't shock me if i just completely missed it because that's been my life before i met sarah so yeah (laughs) i got it
2: Just for clarification, they were married a little less than two months before this came out. This was their first film role together.
1: Did they stay married? Oh, for, uh, for the rest of their lives. For,
0: yes. uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's uh, great. That's very nice. Joanne Woodward, it should be said, is still alive. She's just out of public life, but she's still yeah. around. As
2: They had known each other prior to this movie. They'd worked uh, on stage before.
0: At the actor studio, where they all yeah. met Brando and Dean, and they were all pals. Newman always said that Joanne was the far better... Former than than he ever was in some instances i can understand it because there's a there's a movie that joanne woodward does i think it's right after this one uh called the fugitive kind and that is based off of tennessee williams work and it's uh woodward and brando and that that it's kind of like brando's kind of like a con man or whatever and like it's written by sydney lumet and i'm like i can't believe i've never seen this movie because uh it's right up my alley even though i i i have Complicated. I have conflicted feelings about Brando. Um, not just at him and as a performer, but him as a person. Um, but um, I, I don't have that feeling about Woodward or Newman. Uh, those two, throughout their lives and career, uh, have always been solid. I mean, Woodward. Once I got married and started having kids, like Woodward, kind of took a back seat because. Newman just took off, like with Hustler, Hud, and then even into the 70s, Butch Cassidy, The Sting, what have you, um, you know, and Woodward never really got the heights that she was at before she met Paul Newman with like Three Faces of Eve, like Oscar winning actress. So in a way, it's kind of sad that, that Woodward never got the chance that Newman got. You know?
1: I imagine if this was to come out now, it would probably come out on a weekend on Netflix and no one would remember oh, it in sure. like two weeks later.
2: Like if it came out now, it'd be like, sort of a faulkner williams like pastiche but there would also be like this social media element to keep it hip and
1: of the age (laughs) they'd be they'd be cracking it because he would have taken a bunch of selfies by the barns on fire yeah or they'd be like yep we tracked your cell phone to the burning house yeah
0: yeah that or you could just do what like Todd Haynes did with like Mildred Pierce and shit, you know, and let's just yeah. do everything in that book.
2: Because technology and trends advance at a much faster rate than they used to. Even compared to like 20 or 30 years ago, it'll it will be interesting to see how movies of the past 10 years which are like tied to like even specific social media platforms as plot points age in 20, 30 years. When it'll be things...
1: like it'll be like hackers
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> the
1: net <laughs> yeah it um i agree that is Well, I, I, it'll be that... slightly
2: different because i don't think uh-huh. the movies completely misunderstand those platforms yeah. or how they work it's just that it'll be like that was a, a second in time
1: <laughs> yeah like if anything's based off TikTok or something like that now like that'll be replaced in five years and it won't matter but um, I almost wonder if that's why you see a lot more like faux period pieces, um, where people be like, "Oh, this is happening in the aughts so they can have people on cell phones talking, as opposed to everything as chat bubbles. Yeah. Or we're gonna do this in the '80s. I mean, I imagine I text is, will
2: stick around, yeah. but and I, I know for horror movies, like it's a classic complaint of people who create horror movies that mm-hmm. like cell phones complicate horror movies. Yeah. To an insane degree. I agree.
1: I mean, yeah. that's that's just the nature of time and change. Like, people aren't isolated in the way they were.
0: I mean, if they basically do these kinds of movies now. They just do them, as you say, kind of like Netflix sort of now. But now they add like the Gilmore Girls sort of flair to it, you know, where it's more of a, you know, long form, you know, basically after school special kind of thing. This
2: is sort of different. Um, and this actually would have been a good suggestion for this theme one that I would have uh, enjoyed for you guys to see and to watch. And this is sort of unrelated, I guess, to The Long Hot Summer. Adapting like classic writers or styles to modern sensibilities. There was a recent movie that came out called Fire Island. It's basically an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, but it takes place as a group of five gay men go to Fire Island for the weekend and sort of find love or lose love. And it's very funny and very charming and... Very winning, but it's also plot-wise, it's pride and prejudice. And it's really great. If you haven't seen it, I actually strongly recommend it. Um, it's on Hulu. Hulu.
0: It's on Hulu. Yeah. yeah. For me, what is the challenge that I learned long ago to learn to love in these movies, especially in like the 40s and 50s and stuff, people don't actually talk like that. Like Zach said, it's stage, it's stage play. That is not how normal people talk. They don't like Joanne Woodward getting into huff now. Listen here, Ben Quick. I'm a human being, you know, like that. It's theatrical, which is fun, but I can understand how people in a modern audience probably would struggle with the kind of almost cartoonish way they play to the back row.
1: Everybody sounds like yeah. Foghorn Leghorn in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but Everybody, it's still Foghorn I mean, nobody, Leghorn.
0: Nobody, yeah. The only person I think, uh, I, you know, Joanne Woodward's the only person who's from the fucking south, so you know, so her, at least her accent was a a little more on the nose. But yeah, even even Paul Newman's, you know, like yeah, Foghorn Leghorn for sure. Everybody, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, uh, Orson Welles, I, I for what it's worth, I think yeah, I think he's okay. I think his performance as uh, Will Varner, Will Varner is there's some humanity good. to it. It's not just cartoony, you know. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: unsurprisingly, he's pretty good at playing drunk
0: yeah right yeah sure playing
1: playing
0: yeah 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 playing um yeah um yeah, yeah like those
2: Baldwin those beer bottles there. were not supposed to be in that shot but they ended up
0: there <laughs> that's right he actually also couldn't drive and you could tell right when he's actually driving that jet, that jeep or whatever you could tell because he's just barreling down the goddamn road and you're like he's going to kill somebody
1: because we need to pick out halloween movies we should hit off on our final thoughts. I started yes. winning
0: back to back once in this in this podcast has cursed me. Like I'm I, over I, here I've got, now. I've got the yips. Right now, I'm just like I overthink yeah. it too much. I mean, how many you know, times has a,
2: has a team won the Super Bowl three times back to back ever? I actually don't know, but uh, I assume uh, not.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah. All right. Who wants to go first in final thoughts? Because
2: I don't have a lot to say. 1950s ass movie it's got a lot of people who are big in the 1950s it feels like the 1950s it feels like you know if you want to be like fuck it i'm uh i'm 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 a a person in 1958 going out to the movie theater to see a flick and it's not going to be one of the best ever it's just going to be a flick uh but it won't be bad this is fine I watched sure. it while I was listening mm-hmm. to the audiobook of it, which also takes place in the long <laughs> hot summer of 1958. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I enjoyed it more, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, that's it. It's fine. It's, it's very fifties. It's very stagey. The performances are good, but it's also like, it's like one of those Oscar movies, it was fine, but you know you're not going to remember it. It's not going to be one of the standouts that yeah. like sticks with you for a long time. you know. And they have a lot of those every year. I feel like co- I didn't watch Coda last year, but I feel like it was one of those. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think I kind of echo a similar thing. Um, I said Welmed earlier, and I still feel that way. Uh, it If I was in the 1950s, and I'd only seen a trailer for this, and I went and paid money to see it, I would not be upset because it would have probably given me exactly the amount of entertainment I expected. Um, I would not feel like I'd been cheated uh, because I got to see the big stars, it had a thing happen, but I also didn't feel challenged at any point. Like this one, I imagine, would probably be fine to take your parents to, be fine to take your grandparents to. They would probably say something critical about um, the characters they didn't like, because that was my experience a lot of the time. So you would hear a lot of, you know, people probably not being into Ben Quick saying he's that gosh darn
0: barn burner that man's bad booing every time he comes on the screen yeah
1: (laughs) um but you know i think everybody went on to do more work that was better work uh i did enjoy seeing or previously did better work previously yeah Yeah. i like the opening shot that two shot pairing i definitely will steal at some point if i ever can because the idea of setting up a character with a crime being committed and then immediately being found guilty of the crime and then they let him go free that's an interesting choice. Um, so yeah, I think it's fine.
0: Yeah, my, I'm, I'm gonna mirror both what you guys said and I'm gonna steal a line from my father-in-law, which is no runs, no hits, no errors. You know, <laughs> it is basically, it showed up to the plate and it got back on the bench. You know, that's that's exactly what happened with this movie. Um, both of your sentiments about being whelmed. And I think Zach, I gave him a point because he's absolutely right this is like a prestige film, right? It's Oscar Bates. We've got Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward, you know, Orson Welles. It's a Faulkner story. Come on people. Um, you know, remember, uh, remember gone with the wind that took place in the South. Don't you love that shit? Come on. Um, you know, so I, 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 I kind of, and it feels like that. So there's something sort of it's forced about this movie that like, it feels very thrust upon you and, and, And it's fine. Like I said, I I think Borf's right. It the opening two shots with the it is a nice quiet, just a barn burning, and implies a lot of menace and you know malcontent that's about to happen that never really manifests. It everyone you know Ben Quick's not actually a barn burner. He's just misunderstood and. And Jody's not actually gonna kill his dad. He loves his dad. And and Will Varner's not a monster. He misses his dead wife and just wants grandkids. What's so wrong about, you know, like, and, and that's fine for like, Peyton Place and that kind of shit. I don't know. When when you've got this level of talent and the capacity from the source material to take it to much more interesting places to just sort of wrap it up in a unique Hollywood bow and everybody says, the end. And boy, didn't I have a great time because it all worked out for everybody. and who wants to see a movie where it doesn't work out for anybody? Communist. That's who. Um that's that was the attitude and this is sort of where attitudes are starting to change thanks largely to a lot of people who are involved in this movie but it's, we're still not there yet in this movie. Yeah. Um so yeah, I uh apologize all around. I mean, it's good <laughs> I'll put this movie good for educational purposes. Like yeah. it's Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward's first film. Uh, an, a latter day orson wells acting role that he's not actually directing rating or doing anything but just showing up and saying the lines um so yeah. yeah there's there's educational purposes lee remick and her burgeoning days and angela lansbury of course so yeah other than that you could probably find better movies that are like zach said come out just a few months later yeah uh, yeah I mean, you certainly can And and then
2: just to briefly clarify because i i I, even though um uh russell gave me a point for it i want to be very clear about my like oscar comment what i mean is like if you look at a list of oscar-nominated movies for a given year there's one two and a good year maybe three where you're like oh yeah that's a good movie i remember that movie and then there's three to six depending on how big the list was that year four maybe sometimes all all of the nominees we are like i think i saw that and it Mm. was fine this is that this is exactly what that sure
0: yeah it's prestige but you're like empty yeah i get it um okay well that's it now we get to vote uh because we then have to move on to our halloween themes so let's get uh zach's theme of heat waves which I gotta say, uh, Zach, I think Borough and I kinda let you down with this theme. I think we kind of whiffed uh on what we could have done. And yeah, so for that, uh, you know, sorry. <laughs> it's not quite like, you know, color out of space out of left field, but you know, it is still like we could have done better. I feel like we have we have better in us. Wow. Uh, so
2: we'll see, here's we'll try it again next time.
0: <laughs> for the voting. So, uh Chris Boroff, you have 13 points for final voting. I have 11 points for final voting, and Zach Powers, you have 13 points for final voting. So we start with Wet Hot American Summer. Chris Boreth, what do you got for Wet Hot American Summer?
1: I am giving it a six, uh, and that is a six, not a 60, uh, because it's a sun, it was a sun.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, I'm giving Wet Hot Sweat Amer- Wet Hot American Summer a five.
1: Uh,
2: I'm doing it. Yeah, six as well.
0: I think we know what's going to win. Okay, wow, with a whopping 17 points for Wet Hot American Summer. Okay, next is Vorif's pick of Dazed and Confused. Chris Vorif, what have you got?
1: I gave Dazed and Confused a five. And that would be a black sun because I started drawing a moon and then realized I didn't know how to draw the moon. So that is the sun at night. It is black. (laughs)
0: And it's 5, not a 50. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm giving uh, Days of Confused a 4.
2: I am giving Days of Confused a 5 after th- trying to give it a 4. <laughs> really, it's a 4.5, if I could have my drubber. Uh, but, uh, obviously, we're not doing head points. No. It's a 5, but in my heart it's a 4.5. All
0: right. Well, this is a foregone conclusion already, but since we've made it all this way, let's go ahead and get through. Uh, Chris Borff, what have you got for the long, hot summer?
1: For The Long Hot Summer, I gave it a two, and I just made it a really long sun. Mm. <laughs> it's not a 20. Like the it's a two.
0: it's nice. Yeah. That's very, yeah. it's good. That's okay. all I could think of. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I gave Long Hot Summer a two as well, because, uh, not some, again, It's 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 a fine movie, but the other two movies were by far better.
2: Also a two would have been a 2.5, but it's a two.
1: I appreciate All the, right. the
0: extra Zach point. Alice does it again.
2: Yep. So first, our next theme. I think I was thinking about this today because uh, uh, I've been kind of on a, a kick with burning through audio books and reading and stuff. I think it'd be interesting to do a theme that is movies based on books or comic books, if you prefer, that you have actually read the original material for. Adaptations of something where you have read the source material. So that way we can have sort of like uh, a look at the art of adaptation. We can have a closer look at the source material for certain things that are based on different artworks and get an idea of, uh, you know, how these things are done from, you know, it gives the host, the person who picks the movie a chance to drive a little bit by having this extra knowledge that the other two might have, might not have. So I think that's what I'm going to go for. Adaptations of something you have read the original source material
1: for. Well, that is a dangerous okay, choice guys. Well, it's since time to I am subliterary. Game of
0: Thrones. <laughs> 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 um, time to tune into Fellowship of the Ring, guys. Well, Let's the good news go. is
2: you guys have like six to eight weeks to read something and then yes. watch the
1: movie. I'm not sure if you're familiar with well, the we did- novelizations of Penthouse letters that have occurred. <laughs> <laughs> uh no i'll pick something good out
0: all righty cool all right so what are we starting with zach since it's adaptations and your are now do we off? announce
2: the first one of the next theme right away or do we yeah know? go
0: ahead yeah because then we gotta choose you know our,
2: what yeah. because i uh only first experienced the actual book version of this very recently and i was astonished at a lot of the differences and it was uh and it's kind of like uh a strange a strange movie in film history it was one that i liked a lot as a younger person i still have fondness for but less so we're gonna start with the shawshank redemption interesting yeah
0: okay interesting hmm. okay yeah all right Fucking roger deacons and oh yeah okay so uh the shawshank redemption will be next after we get through our haunted house yeah it is Uh, halloween time once again so
2: we've got uh we've got three halloween episodes to come and then the winner gets to pick a bonus episode and then we'll move on to the previously mentioned uh adaptation theme um so first we're going to figure out who is going to pick first in the uh the halloween themes this season we got a list of 20 possible themes i'm going to read them out in a moment but first i want to pick who's going to be our first uh sacrifice i guess on the halloween altar i got a six-sided dice uh because they don't make three-sided ones because uh geometry i think um <laughs> and uh one and two will be chris who is alphabetically first three and four will be russell who is alphabetically second and five and six will be me who's alphabetically last i'm rolling the dice presently four that makes russell the first i did my homework.
0: i'm ready to go all right cool sweet
2: all right i'm going to run through our topic choices real quick just give me one sec guys here they are if i get a number one paranormal activity that is ghosts hauntings possessions number two is inhuman enemies monsters mutants or killer animals number three human enemies serial killers and horror villains with no supernatural abilities four sci-fi horror aliens robots experiments etc five from hell satan hell demons and the antichrist six is the undead zombies vampires or anything else undead seven is european horror self-explanatory eight is asian horror self-explanatory nine is the occult cults curses covens witches and so on 10 is horror comedies. 11 is slashers. 12 is the kids aren't all right. Creepy or evil children or teens. 13 is gross stuff. This is movies that have a lot of body horror and or gore. Uh, 14 is a don't mind if I do, which is about madness and or psychological horror. 15 is horror adaptations, which I guess would tie into our other. uh, That's
0: true. Boy, that'd be sweet.
2: Uh, 16 is Seasonal Affective Disorder. These are movies set on or around Halloween itself. Uh, They don't even necessarily have to be horror movies, actually, in that particular one. Um, 17 is It's Happening Again, horror sequels. 18, horror classics. This is between 1960 and 1979, any movie that came out then. 19 is The Pulp Horror Era. That is between uh, 1980 and 1999. And number 20 is uh, Modern Horror, which is 21st century horror. Anything that came out in the past 23 years. Uh, Yeah. So here we are.
0: Sweet. All right, Russell. I mean, we'll see how well my homework did, depending on what topic I roll. So (laughs) I'm really nervous.
2: 16 is seasonal affective disorder set on right. or around halloween the
0: one that i didn't want that was the one i didn't think of here i was bragging about how much homework i was and there were two categories that i could not come up with anything and you picked one of them and i rolled one of them just my luck um okay well I was attempting not to have to do a postscript, but I am definitely going to have to do a postscript, uh, to announce. What I mean, the there's a movie,
2: there's a movie called Halloween. Uh, I like.
0: know, I know, <laughs> but I had that for slashers. Um, so. And I don't want to, that's too obvious. Uh, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll give it a good think. Uh, movie set on or around Halloween. I think I could do this. Um, yeah, I'll have to record a postscript, uh, possibly tonight, but maybe later on this week that, uh, uh, of what my choice will be. And I mm-hmm. will, uh, leave my co-hosts in suspense uh once i figure out what we're going to do so the order of operations is going to be me and then zach and then chris boref and then once we watch all three of these movies instead of picking another theme as zach said there will be a bonus movie that the winner gets to pick um we've gone all over the place with it we've done not horror movies we've done horror movies it's been kind of fun depending on whoever wins. whatever you want whatever you want that's Mm -hmm. right um okay well that was a meaty episode with a lot of business done guys so i'm very proud of us um so uh yeah tune in next time we will be in our uh horror movie mode uh with my pick before
2: before i go i just want to note something genuinely bizarre for our three halloween seasons we have rolled an 18 the first year a 17 the second year and a 16 the third year
0: wow so we're going the wrong direction okay wow that, we're, go, we're, we're going a direction that's weird yeah so huh. if it holds
2: true next year look forward to horror adaptations right
0: well and at least it, it, we, we were stuck in the decades right where it's so yep. decades are so broad mm-hmm, but, you, know, mm-hmm. you know so yeah at least we're not dealing with like, like eras and epochs at least this is a uh, more a very kind of specific well, yeah not that specific we just
1: thing have to specific. find something scary that happens around october around halloween
0: I can't imagine
1: it doesn't have to be scary the prompt I mean, does not say well, it has to be a horror. Movie. well hold on it does have to be a horror movie though because this is the horror movie pick right
0: hey it's halloween. also the movie trap buster we could be whatever it wants and you're just going to sit there and get trapped in it so okay think about it. if i choose get ready choose, for uh, october
1: sky if, boys if we're going to be watching yeah, that's right if,
0: <laughs> if, if, if we're, if we're going to do uh 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 to kill a mockingbird then that's what we're going to do <laughs> okay <So. laughs> well uh yeah Which i'm not choosing to kill a Mockingbird.
2: well i was thinking you know
0: i, I think mean, halloween um, okay, well, i would
2: argue halloween iconography is important but like you know if it's a movie that's light that happens to be set in a Halloween that has, like, Halloween symbology in it, fuck it. You know? There's a lot of kids' movies that are set around Halloween, you Sorry. know what I
1: mean? I'm still gonna pick something Indeed. scary. No, I'm gonna I, have to find oh, the yeah, scariest okay. thing I can. Oh, okay. Like, I, I will... Go. I, I'm gonna have to go off the range. I'm gonna have to do some research. Like, I'm gonna... I'm, 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 in, I'm in it to win it now. <laughs> He's off I, the
0: chain, folks! i yeah. we'll gonna... have to figure this out. <laughs> Alright, well... Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tune in next time when we watch whatever I pick, and, and uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, yeah, so I have been Russell Carlson. I have been joined by my friend and partner. Chris
1: Most people say I'm fighting the 20th century. It was a line from the movie. I finally found my notes.
0: <laughs> <Good job. laughs> right. and also joined with me and my other friend and co- par- uh, uh, co-host. Uh, uh, something
2: like uh... I'm gonna kiss you, and it's gonna be simple, or something like that. It's Some kind of fucking romantic thing that he says.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna it's kiss going you, to some shit. I'll give it.
2: You know what? It's gonna I'll be give simple. you simple. I'll give you fucking a bunch of money to marry my daughter. How about that?
1: <laughs> perfect. Go. There we go.
0: Uh, perfect. Okay. Uh, and, and as we always say here on the Movie Trap, Diane Lad is too young to play Chevy Chase's mom. It's true. See it's you guys the Movie next Trap time. promise. See ya. Okay, so I've given it some careful, careful, careful deliberation, and uh, going through the list of what I uh, of what's available for movies that are uh, take place in or around Halloween, I decided I wanted to go with something that's still more kind of spooky. I know we have the caveat that it doesn't necessarily have to be a horror movie, um, and I have never seen this movie before, um, and it I do know that that Bora- has somewhat of a working relationship with Dan Harmon and Rob Scrabb who wrote this movie. So I am choosing 2006 animated Amblin Entertainment Spielberg and Zemeckis Monster House. Uh, never seen it before. So it's more or less a kid's movie as I understand it. I remember this my, my little brother recommended it to me about the time it came out and I, uh, probably just ignored him. Uh, so let's give it a go. I figured, you know, why not? It seems, seems Halloween-y, you know, monstery. So, uh, let's give it a go. And who knows, maybe we'll have some burning questions for, uh, for, for his, uh, former overlord. Uh, so we'll see. So, uh, see you next time.
2: No one could tell the naked truth about these people better than Faulkner in his own language, in his own frankness. With America's most popular new star, Paul Newman, as Ben Quick, he could sure stir up a town and its women. Joanne Woodward, nominated for an Academy Award as Best Actress of the Year for her performance in Three Faces of Eve. Anthony Franciosa as Jody, the terrible things he did to prove himself a man. Orson Welles in his greatest role as Barner, who would bargain away his own flesh and blood. Lee Remick, as Eula. Every time he came nearer, she knew it was only a matter of time. And Angela Lansbury as Minnie, who had ideas of her own.
0: Long, hot summer. Oh, so slowly moon.